Today's episode is brought to you by DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released, and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you're able to attach smaller products to your backpack roller or tote. I don't know about you guys, but I've been traveling slightly a little bit more now that the pandemic has not been as intense as 2020. So I'm trying to do like just some local domestic trips and finding the right luggage is very, very, very important because you don't want to worry about your luggage just like falling apart. It's not closing. It's really important, (laughs) especially if you're a traveler like me. So we are teaming up with DB to exclusively offer our listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code P. P-O-D-10, or going to the link in our show notes. DB, it's time to move on, time to get going. So called Oreos, what is up? It is your girl, Kia, here. Um, Guys, oh my God, I can't believe summer is like almost over. Like essentially, I feel like once September hits, that's a wrap for me for the summer. I don't know, maybe you guys feel differently. But um, yeah, it's just me today doing a little quick intro for you guys. So Amari and Janae are not here. Uh, but yeah, I'm just gonna talk to you guys for a little bit. First, reminding you that we are still doing our rebrand. It's been a lot of work over the summer, but very grateful. We're learning a lot just about podcasting and the business and just redesigning our whole brand for you guys. And I'm really, really excited for you guys to see it. We will have a new everything. It's been really intense. Um, so hopefully you guys like it. But we're changing everything from the name to the logo to the merch, all that good stuff. Yeah, while we've been doing that, you can still catch us on socials like Twitter, Instagram, at So Called Oreos. That will be changing soon, though. Um, But definitely check out us out on socials. Our merch is still going to be available just for like uh, probably one month. Um, So if you want some talking white shirts, choose black women shirts, you know, just support us a little bit. You got about a month to do that. And lastly, definitely join our discord guys uh that link is going to be available in our show notes but discord is a lot of fun um it's basically just like a community of like dope people um that listen to the podcast that have like you know just good energy like-minded ideas and thoughts and we always just like talk with each other and it's really good to have that outlet and it's just like a really fun group chat with me um janae and amari so definitely check that out Oh, you guys. Um, But yeah, I hope you guys are having a really awesome summer. It feels like this is the quickest summer ever. I don't know if that's just because it's been like since COVID. And I don't know about you, but I'm still adapting to like this kind of like pandemic almost going into post-COVID life. And I want to be mindful of that because so many people are still affected by this pandemic. And I think it's easy for us to get wrapped around, you know, oh, we all got like new jobs and new apartments and new boyfriends and stuff like that. But it's like, you know, people are still struggling to make ends meet and like, you know, unemployment is still a thing. So I just want to be mindful of that because I think it's easy for us to be wrapped in our circles when everyone around us is doing good. But like as a whole, you know, there's a lot going on in this country uh so it's still an adjustment for me being in a different environment different roles all that good stuff 
but hopefully you guys are having an amazing summer i hope it's awesome i cannot wait for our next episode for all the oreos to be back together and to just update you guys on our life i feel like a lot has happened in the last couple of months for you guys to have a new show we're 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 doing it guys like we have some pretty good guests for next season we're mapping it out we're we're getting ready for you guys so very excited for you guys to see that so let's talk about this episode. We are throwing it back, our last throwback episode. So you guys will have new content soon. But the last one, we felt like we needed to end, you know, the so-called Oreos brand on this episode because it's just been I think it's our most downloaded episode. It's either the most downloaded, it's definitely in the top five or ten. Um, and this conversation that we've always have with Oreos and it's about colorism and man I, I just I don't know we got a lot of feedback on this episode so this episode colorism we get raw deep um if you guys aren't aware two of us are light-skinned me and Janae and uh Amari is uh would consider herself dark skin and for me it's which I talk about in this episode I've always looked at darker skin like nicer because my family is darker than I ha- I am and um, I always thought like you know darker skin was beautiful but it's interesting to see that that's not common like most people you know it's it's not that way and it's just interesting because how I grew up you know my family is every single person is darker than me so I always thought like you know the darker skin is beautiful um, but like realizing as I'm older and stuff like that's not how the world sees it that's not how society sees it and there's definitely comments and privileges that I get as um a light-skinned person that I know would never happen if I was darker skinned um and just like doing this podcast and like having conversations with the so-called Oreos and our listeners just like opening my eyes to a lot of things um that you know I grew up in a really small town we just did not have these conversations it was kind of just like there's five black kids and no matter skin color y'all are all just like the black others so (laughs) some different um I do want to say in this episode I believe that I say or maybe have said that colorism goes both ways doing more research you know we're all learning we're all growing God is working on all of us as Jesus would say but um yeah that's not accurate that's not the accurate definition of colorism colorism really is about uh darker skinned people you know not having the same advantages as lighter skinned people that really is what the true definition of colorism really goes uh that you know i think it's important to be mindful of actual definitions because you know that's what they're based off of so i do want to be mindful of that because i think i kind of like disputed that um but my point was i was trying to get across that you know um people do say things to people of different skin tones for various stereotypes and stuff like that so I was trying to just make that point so I apologize if I did not do that in the best way um but yeah I'm trying to learn and grow like everyone else you know I'm not perfect but I've been using this podcast and this platform to grow and just be a better human and you know be aware of like the things that you know my life privileges are versus people you know that are also in my community so I hope you guys enjoy this episode I think you're gonna like it it's a top episode and you know colorism I just feel like it you know it's always something that we gotta talk about and you know recently we just seen the things within the heights and people just like kind of dismissing darker skin people's outcries of like hey we just want to be 
in the spotlight when it's you know about Washington Heights when a lot of people are darker skinned there and Afro Latino there. I can't speak on the Afro Latino community, but you know, I think there's colorism in a lot of communities, Indian, Black, Latinx. Um, I think it's something we got to really tackle and we got to realize why do we want to be so close to white. And I think that's really dangerous because we can't, you know, just be like, we're pro-black, we're pro-minority, and then, you know, crap on people that are darker skinned to us because that really is about white supremacy like everything is. So, guys, let me shut up. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoy the episode. And I cannot wait to talk to you later. Enjoy. another episode of the so-called oreos podcast the podcast where we discuss all the awkwardness hardship and hilarity that comes along with society labeling you white on the inside and black on the outside also known as an oreo i'm one of your hosts amari here with kia swin rachel fowler and janae price hey guys so how's everyone doing this week um I'll go if anyone else wants to go. <laughs> um, I'll go because I have a quick update. Because um, last episode we were talking about um, the world being up in the air with like jobs and other stuff, and I was not in a good like grounding spot. Um, so then, you know, a couple of days after that, my company had layoffs. I was laid off, and I, at first I was like, "Oh my god!" You know. Leading up to that, I was just like in a kind of a rut, like I didn't know what was going to happen. And just it was a lot of deciding factors, such as like where I was going to live, where I was going to work, what was I going to do day to day. And then when it happened, I actually didn't feel any type of sadness. Like I didn't cry. I didn't feel any like type of remorse. I was more so like disappointed in like humanity and like the reasoning and how they did it. But I actually feel like a huge weight is like lifted off my shoulder. And I feel like probably one of the best weeks I felt like during the pandemic like the week after that which is odd because I didn't think I would feel that way but I do so I'm I'm just happy that you know even though it's not a great situation I still feel like internally very good that's good that's good that is really good I think after I I got laid off due to the pandemic too back in May um and I had I had a very similar feeling I was sad about it for a half a second, there was definitely a feeling of like, what am I going to do? What's going to happen? And then right after that, I was kind of like, you aren't happy there anyway. It's time to figure out what you want to do and where you'd be happy and kind of freestyle it. So can definitely identify with that Kia. Yeah, it was, it was odd. Um, but it was a good thing. So, um, even like in turmoil, it's like good to feel like grounded and centered, um, when you can't control like all these outside forces. Yeah, that's good. Um, my interesting news this week is that, uh, UNC had its first week, um, back to school and they were doing hybrid courses. So, you know, some courses were online, some were like in person. And after a week, there was a spike in infection rates of COVID-19. Who would have thought, uh, (laughs) it went from like 2.4 to 13.9 in a week so all undergrad classes are now online and they're trying to de like densify campus 
So kids are just like leaving and it's kind of like, well, yeah, you didn't test anyone. You just brought us all to Chapel Hill. And did was they like, have to like, um, do they have to quarantine or like stay six feet apart or like what were like the qualifications? So yeah, you had to say, you had to stay six feet apart, but I mean, you're walking outside people. I, I didn't go on campus, but I heard most people had masks on for the most part. Um, and people who are infected are now being like, um, they're quarantined at like various hospitals and chapel, not hospitals. Well, I don't know. Maybe there are people in hospitals, um, various hotels in Chapel Hill. And they're like being provided food. But I don't know. Some people were tweeting from those hotels and that did not look like sustenance that looked like crackers and cheese. So I don't know if they're getting different meals, <laughs> but it's just a shit. It's a shit show. Yeah. yeah. They need to figure that like, that out soon like it's august like we've had so many months school is about to go back for like very young kids and like the fact that we haven't figured this out is like insane we need to just figure it out and it's frustrating because they like health experts were saying use the summer months when people more people can be outside to contain the virus so that you don't have to worry about it so much during uh cold and flu season and now cold and flu season is staring us in the face and we're all like getting ready to go back inside um and it's just like frustrating because um this didn't have to be <laughs> you're looking we're looking at other countries and it didn't have to be this way italy got through it and italy was a mess before so, um, yeah it's insane like hopefully and people cannot like have to realize like we cannot be out in like house parties in the winter like we need to go back to socially distancing in the winter yeah the video circulating of people at parties um around like at unc but like different campuses with like no masks nothing and i'm just who raised you people <laughs> they're crazy parents who are doing the same thing that's true that's true like it ain't real take that mask off <laughs> any other updates from rachel or janae just that the country's a mess. I'm a little stressed out because, you know, we don't know if there's going to be any more government aid for New York State, any extra unemployment. Um, I live in New York City. My severance has run out. So, you know, um, but that's about it. That's all. This place is a mess. I'm really looking into leaving this country trying to become a citizen. Same. I literally texted my best friend today and she was like, what, what's the update? And I was like, yeah, I got laid off. And like, if I stay in the country, I'll stay in New York. And she's like, if, and I'm like, yes, if, if, if I stay here. If, if. But that's it. That's all. Y'all. I'm oh, sorry, Rich. What were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say, all is well over here. I'm in Georgia. You know, in the ATL. Yeah, all is well. Okay. Also on ATL like that. Um, okay, well, I'll get into this week in Black history. This week in Black history, August 23rd, 1861, James Stone, a light-skinned fugitive slave passing for white, enlisted in the Army two years before African Americans were allowed to join the Union Army. He's recognized as the first African-American Union soldier, and his racial identity would not be known until his death nearly a year later. Then we have August 29th. 1962, Mal Good became the first African-American television news commentator when he began 
broadcasting on ABC. Um, so that's some history facts for y'all. Um, you know, you can read the title of this episode, which is why I picked the first fact about James Stone, who passed as a white person joining the Union Army. And then I also picked the second fact because I feel like a lot of our topic with colorism has to do with media. And so I just wanted to give a fact about media. And there you go for this week in Black History. So this week I'm highlighting a writer, director, I don't know if it's Naya or Nia, probably should have looked this up before I <laughs> came to record. <laughs> I'm just going to call her Nia. Nia DaCosta. Um, a couple weeks ago it was announced that the Candyman and Littlewood's director was tapped to direct Marvel's sequel to Captain Marvel, making her the first black woman to direct a Marvel film. We love to see it. Uh, at only 30 years old, she's a New York native, um, who is only a few years out of uh, out of college. She went to NYU's Tisch School of the Arts. Um, and what I found particularly most inspiring about her story is that while she was working as a TV production assistant, her script for Little Woods was chosen for the 2015 uh, Sundance Screenwriters and Directors Lab. And she was able to raise money for it through a Kickstarter. So I just thought, you know, we love to see black women winning and uh, she's definitely doing that. So I'm excited for whenever that <laughs> post-COVID movie comes out. Um, yeah. So if you guys didn't already peep the title of this week's episode, we are talking about colorism. Guys, when I tell you we have been discussing this issue and how we could do it on the podcast for like a year it's literally been like on the top of our discussion lists um and we just decided to to take it on this week um so for those of listeners who don't know the definition the textbook uh dictionary definition of colorism is prejudice or discrimination especially within a racial or ethnic group favoring people with lighter skin over those with darker skin um so yeah that's just the definition but i know janae has some examples in everyday life that um kind of highlight the issues of colorism yeah um we thought it was really important to add just everyday small things that people do that they don't necessarily realize is colorism um I thought it was important to highlight this because I've been around so many black people that have done this type of thing and, and everyone just agrees with it. I remember one example I'm going to tell you guys is, you know, saying that someone is more or less attractive because of their skin tone. Um, for example, I was in Bible school one Sunday and we were talking about like Chris Brown or something like this. And, and one of the girls in the group was basically like, I don't like light skinned boys. And then some of the other girls are like, what? Light-skinned boys are the most attractive. And I was just sitting there like, why is this a conversation? So once again, saying someone is more or less attractive specifically because of their skin tone is a good example of colorism. Or saying that you would never date someone who is darker than you or that you don't want to have kids that are too dark. Once again, examples of colorism or something as seemingly ridiculous but as simple as being afraid of getting darker in the summertime you know like wanting to carry around a hat or umbrella because you're afraid of getting a tan once again small examples of colorism that i think so many of us have experienced throughout our lives yeah yeah and we'll go into like more obviously like in-depth examples 
in a second, but that was a good take because I think a lot of people don't see like small common things like that with like dating and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we can we can definitely deep dive, y'all. Yeah. Um and so I think it was interesting because I've been pretty vocal about my opinions on issues of colors and on social media. And I remember posting something a few weeks ago and someone had said that they wish they that I didn't you know, put that out there so blatantly because it gave white people a reason to see us like as infighting. Um, and like, my, <laughs> we don't need to go into who's, but um, we had, we ended up having a, you know, a decent rapport about it and a discussion about it. Um, I mean, although it, you know, it is difficult as a dark skinned girl for someone who is of lighter skin to be like, don't talk about this issue because we don't want white people to think that like, we're, we're not unified, but I, I I don't give a fuck what white people think and don't like black people should stop. That's so fucking stupid. Like it's so stupid. I feel like the same people who say that are the same people who say we shouldn't say that black trans lives matter when we're talking about the black lives matter movement. And like, yep. I brought, I brought that up in like in defense of talking about it. Cause I was like, you know, if we're going to do this thing, we need to protect our most marginalized members. And like, that would be black trans people. That would be, you know, darker skin people if you look at statistics the way they are discriminated against um and i also i was like you know to me colorism isn't just a black issue it's a white issue because how do you think we got colorism we got that through colonization we got that through slavery um and you know so you know just for people who want more like context historical context um around that so back in the slave days um when colorism kind of began uh you saw lighter skinned slaves were given more domestic work within the slave owner's home meanwhile darker skinned slaves were regulated to the more grueling field work uh and slaves with lighter skin were seen more favorably because um unsurprisingly they came they were the product of rape um because let's call it what it is um and were seen closer to white. So they kind of got, they were favored, they got favoritism of that. And we saw that after slave days kind of bleed into society, bleed in within um, just the community, you know, lighter skin is like lighter skin's preferable, lighter uh, eyes, uh, straighter hair, all things that are closer to Euro, like Eurocentric features. Um, so those are just some of the ways that that shows up. And that's some historical context for those who who weren't sure how um, colorism started. Yeah, and we I mean, black people know this is a thing, but I know like if white people are listening, they don't really, you know, probably I know. You I mean, I'm sorry. Like, if white people are listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know white people listen, but I, I'm sure they don't know the whole aspect of like what's a house slave versus like a field slave and like the colorism and stuff. So, but yeah, we, we see black people see it in their culture still and like the jokes and stuff. So yeah, for sure. It's so interesting because like in my family, that's something that we always make jokes about being like, a house Negro or a field Negro. And because in my family, listeners, in case you guys haven't heard me say this a million times, um, I'm tall, I'm larger, and most of the people in my family are tall and larger. Um, so we always wonder, although we're very light, very fair people, we always wonder whether we would be house slaves or field slaves. I guess it's kind of a weird thing to like wonder about or to talk about if you be is that, I've never it's how you make of it though like you know it's like all we can do now is just like joke, you know? I guess 
Or my favorite is when like I'm talking to in conversation with people and there's like a mixed group and you know there's like some light people in there and I'm like well we know y'all would be in the house and I would be in the field and everyone just shuts up and I think it's the funniest thing ever because you can't really <laughs> you can't really argue <laughs> like, you, like no yeah. Mario you would have but I mean <laughs> either way you, you would have been in the house girl <laughs> <laughs> like no I mean like either way you slice it you know. You, I mean, great. You don't want to be in either because slavery is bad and you're either in the house because someone in your family was raped and that's why you're in there or you're like out burning in the sun. You really lose, lose. And at the end of the day, colonization, it's bad people. Is there a fact of like, maybe it's easier to run away in the field though? No, <laughs> like, so because there's no, because there's people on horses and they're like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm just thinking shit. If I'm in that field, bitch, I'm running. Like, yeah, you fast? Hell yeah, but I'm just saying, like, it's it's. Here we are like, theorizing about how we would. <laughs> but I was just saying, like, I'm just thinking about the Harriet movement. I mean, Harriet Tubman movie, <laughs> and um, how they ran, and how she tried to like had to get Rachel from the house and talk to her. But I'm like, if if you were outside, maybe it'd be easier to run. I was trying to try to get some uh enlightenment from maybe there is a a, a a benefit but maybe there was no benefit never mind honestly to keep it a buck and this is going to sound dark but i do not mean it to sound dark so darkness warning darkness warning i think if i lived back there i would off myself oh oh hell oh, yeah i would have to like age get our humor too because i feel like some people are so sensitive but like obviously we're you know talking about this but we're trying to make the best of it but no sometimes i look and see stories and i'm like dude i can't make it through that i don't know i don't know how our ancestors did it because bye i'm too soft amara you gonna say something i was gonna say i'm a very (laughs) soft person and i'm very weak um (laughs) (laughs) so i would probably say my first reaction would be to you know just say goodbye to life but also i i don't like the unknown so i can also see myself tapping into like that one gene where i'm like nah my ass is getting out and i'm about to do everything so i don't know but again i'm I'm either gonna be in the slave riots or i would if i was still light i would honestly do what they did in in harriet again and they were white passing because they were mixed okay because this is colorism let's talk about passing because i feel like that's another thing a lot of white people too for our white listeners our white listeners um don't know what passing is so does anyone want to is halsey who is like 25 percent black and she looks white as hell that's white passing Mm -hmm. sorry we went to the same high school so i had to just (laughs) bring that up Um, I actually have an interesting story about um, passing. I don't remember all of the details, but I know the basics that um, I think it was like my great, great, great grandmother on my mom's side. They passed um, and they were able to like sneak up to Canada for a while. Um, Like I said, I don't know all the details. I just know basically like my great, 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 great grandma. She looked white as hell and was like, peace, going to Canada for a while. 
Um, that actually happened in my family too. Wow. See, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember who it was, but it was someone on my mom's side. And my mom told me the story. I think it was my grand, someone related to my grandmother, like one of her siblings. And she was white passing and she like had made people believe she was white and she had moved like far away, like married this white man. And like, I think her family came to, you know, see her and, and she acted like she didn't know them because she didn't want, you know, them to know that she was black but this is such a common story obviously because um and it, and it sucks because you don't want to like not embrace your heritage but back then you know we know how black people are treated in this country we know how they were treated in this country and if, if you could pass like it's life and death like sadly that's what people had to do which really sucks because you don't get to embrace anything of your culture, but it's survival. And that's just how it was. Yeah. There's a really good book called passing. Um, and they're making it into a movie. Um, I think with like Tessa Thompson and Ruth something, she's an Irish actress. Um, and I really suggest people reading that book. It's really good. It talks about two light skinned women who one just who grew up together, but in their adulthood, one decides to pass and she marries a racist white man. Um, and the other one decides to, um, you know, still be who she is um, and present as a black woman and she marries a black man and they come together in their adulthood. And it's just like them just like kind of like trying to understand each other um, and make sense of the world around them. And I really suggest people um, read that book. Um, yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's like, a, gonna, sorry, no, sorry. Gonna say, no, I was just going to say like, I understand that what it's obviously I understand wants to be like a a black person um but I guess my tolerance for passing becomes uh like I become less tolerant of it the more we go in to so like I think it's like one thing to pass during slave times um like one thing to pass in like the 1920s whatever but like as we get to like the 19 like 50s and 60s and what like back I like understand still the going to the other side because of how that makes life easier. But I also am just like, do people do that now though? I feel like that's not common now. And I'm curious about y'all's definition of white passing, because when I think about white passing, I think about someone who definitely passes out as white, but not may not identify as being white. So physically they look racially ambiguous or white, but they, if you were to ask them, they would say, they would or maybe would not say, no, I am X, Y, and Z. So I'm curious as to what y'all's definition of white passing is. Is it just that you pass as white and claim whiteness? Or is it the act of you look like I think it's just you have to pass as white. Like, yeah. I think it's like you walk down the street and everyone would be like, she's white, she's white, she's white, she's white. Yeah. Like, like Meghan Markle. Like when my family, my parents told me she wasn't white. I was like, are y'all sure? Cause I mean, I wasn't trying to like question her race. Cause I hate when people do that to me, but, but she's very white passing. She has straight hair. She has, has very fair skin. Same with Rashida Jones. She is very white passing. I did not know that she was mixed. And what I think what they have in common too, is that I don't know what Rashida Jones refers to herself as, but I've never heard Meghan Markle call herself a black woman. She always specifically says I'm a woman of color. And I think you have people who will pass and it's not until someone asks them about their racial, um, like their racial background that they'll be like, Oh, 
I'm, you know, like my, my, like my father is black or like whoever is black. Yeah. And I feel like there's, cause I knew a lot of people even in high school and college who everyone thought were Italian or like Hispanic. Um, and it wasn't until I was like, no, like you, you, you know, they're black. Right. And I didn't realize that like everyone around us just had like no clue. Yeah. Um, I think I, white passing is, is just as nuanced as being an Oreo though. I think it's a situation where a lot of people don't just go on and ask you what you are racially until they have reason to suspect. What do you mean? What? What? No, opposite, opposite, opposite. (laughs) That is the exact opposite of what happened. I'm confused. What? People people do that all the time. Up front, always ask you, what are you? Janae, you know this happens because people do it to you. I'm talking about a white passing person, though. I'm talking about a person who looks white. If someone looks white and they're going about this world with everyone thinking that they're white, people aren't going to ask them that they're uh, white. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like all the time, I'm black, I'm black. No, yeah. that's what I'm saying. My best friend's white passing. And it's a very nuanced thing where it's kind of like... Does she constantly want to be like Black Power, Ungawa? Because people are going to look at her like she's crazy and argue with her about her damn race. I'm upset you just made up that word. (laughs) (laughs) But if you ask her, she will tell you. But other than that, it's a very nuanced thing where people are constantly like, you're not black, you're white, you're Italian. And and we could get into that um, a a little later. But Amari, do you want to... Just, I know you had some thoughts about like um, products and marketed in different countries, and also uh, Indian matchmaker. Mm, yeah, so to just, like, comp- because I do think it's important to say like colorism isn't just in the black community. No, I mean, again, well, because the white people be colonizing everyone. So, like, <laughs> if we look at Asian countries, if we look at you know Latin countries. Um, it, the 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 trauma is deep and so you know last semester for school I was doing a project on Shane Moisture I was doing a case study and Shane Moisture is owned by Unilever 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 I don't know what the hell they're Unilever, called Unilever yeah yes um but I was doing some research and I found out that Unilever also owns which owns like companies like Dove and Axe and all these big names also owns uh, a skin whitening um company called fair and lovely and that just really pissed me off um because for those of you who don't know like skin whitening sounds what like does what it sounds like it does um and it'll bleach your skin here's like an interesting stat from a 2019 article from vogue and it says by the year 2027 i can't even say numbers 2027 what what 20 is that what it'll be like that 2020 i don't know you guys get it i'm struggling by 2027 the skin whitening market will be worth 24 billion dollars um and that's really alarming and sad to me because you're um perpetuating this idea that in order to be deemed beautiful you have to be fair um and you know a recent i know it was really popular you guys and just like I love a good matchmaking, a good love show. Um, And as an outside person who um, I, there is a level of curiosity for me about the uh, Indian matchmaking and like wedding industry because of how big it is. Um, And just 
So I watched it, but I really struggled through the show because of how blatant the colorism was and how everyone was like, whoever they were going to be matched with needed to be light. Um, And that just like really, and I, again, I don't understand, you know, the nuances and the detail of the cast system and how that works. Um, So I can't, you know, I don't want it to come off like I'm, like I'm harshly judging. Um, But as someone who doesn't understand that, that just came off really, um, it was just really off putting to me. And I had to like multiple times pause the show and walk away because as a black skinned person, as a dark skinned person, it was really hard just to see people just be tossed aside because they were considered too dark. Yeah. So in terms of Indian matchmaker, I also was like a little disturbed by the whole, like, she's great. She's a great option because she's fair. Um, and I was just taken aback by that. Cause I, I knew it was something in like Indian culture, but I didn't know it was such a huge factor still. Um, and then when I saw Crystal from the read tweet about it, people were like, Oh, I thought they meant fair. Like she's like a fair person. Like she's an equal opportunist, but a lot of people didn't know that like they meant fair, like light skin. Um, but I do think it's important to highlight that it's not just black culture, that it is very prominent, like Indian culture in China, they don't want to get tan. So they walk around with umbrellas and stuff like that. It's, um, it's an, and it's a lot of other cultures as well. Obviously we can talk more about it being a black culture, but I do think it's something that other cultures need to address. And in terms of like fair and lovely, it's also highly marketed in Africa, which is just disgusting that um, something like that is marketed in Africa. But I mean, it's, like, it's true. my family is Jamaican and like growing up, you know, they had billboards and I would see them when we would go visit over the summers. Um, and there's actually this really good book by Nicole Dennis Ben called I think it's, I believe it's Under the Sun. Uh, no, here comes the sun. I'm sorry. Um, and, it you know, it discusses about um uh skin bleaching the skin bleaching culture in jamaica and like you know i think of artists like vibes cartel who's very popular but the man does not even look human at this point his skin is just gray from all the bleaching um and it's just like really disappointing because when i think of jamaican culture i think of like people that are very like into their blackness but also like just like the African diaspora. So like to see how that kind of bleeds into it. Um, it's just like, damn. Yeah. And, you know, as our resident K-pop fan, this is definitely been a trend in Asian culture too. I mean, Nam June, who's the leader of BTS, he openly talked about his own insecurities kind of being like the darkest member of BTS. But really, he's not even dark. His skin tone is very... I don't know, like it's a shade of honey, basically. And he talked about feeling very insecure about being dark. And it's actually insane because it's like you're not dark in the in this Um So yeah, as to echo what you guys said, it's definitely a thing in the other shades, POC everywhere. Colonization has seeped its ugly fangs into the world. Okay. Yeah, so my personal experience um, growing up, um, people always pointed out like my skin color, my hair, and then I it kind of made me feel uncomfortable, and especially coming from like older men, um, and also like in in grade school from like you know jokes 
jokes about like, you know, your, your mom is so black and um, seeing other kids get picked on because of their, their, their features or skin color, um, whether if their nose were a certain size or their, their lips and seeing that, um, that was, you know, just a little heartbreaking because it's like I have family members who are dark skin, you know, and seeing that, you know, my friends, even me, my friends getting picked on because of like how they looked. And um, I think a lot of for, for me seeing like a lot of kids like laughing it off and like having comebacks, but being being older and like thinking about witnessing that as a adolescent and then I just can't help but think about what that my friends thought going home being alone and then we have like media representation how um the light-skinned women are usually the lead characters and then you have the and they're the light-skinned women are usually successful they have it all together you know they're likable and then the dark-skinned women who's usually portrayed as like sassy talkative undesirable and desperate when it comes to finding love um for example nikki parker from the parkers uh dejanay from the proud family and pam from martin and how you know the, the how these kind of like these women these characters were like put against each other just because of their features and how they how they look because of their skin tone um and and in, in music videos you know like we have rappers always talking about uh, light-skinned women and talk about their hair and um how they're exotic and, and how they go for exotic and foreign women and um 50 cent talking about when he was on Little Wayne's podcast talking about how he doesn't go for certain women because they're not exotic looking. And I'm just like, yo, black women are exotic. Like, what are you talking about? So that's just, you know, my experience with like colorism and what I witnessed and experienced. I just wanted, you just, you said something about the proud family. And I just, I think we all need to discuss the gross sisters and how problematic that image growing up. And something I didn't even like necessarily recognize in the moment, but the fact that the darkest people on the show are blue, and that is a common um, comment on dark skinned people. It's like, oh, you're so dark, you're blue. Um, But they explain it. Like I went on like a very deep Google search one night, and they said that the reason that they're blue is because they're so ashy because they can't afford lotion. So, so you mean to tell me that the darkest skinned girls, who you call gross, are also poor, um, and you make them mean and they're bullies, and it's just kind of like, tell us more about what you think about dark skinned people. Oh my god, I didn't know it any of this until you just said that it just made sense like oh my god that's now i'm thinking about it that's and that's an awful explanation oh my god and then and and i think people don't even realize like the subliminal messages that you get as a kid like you may not recognize what it means in the moment but that shit stays with you and you internalize that and so like to be i was watching proud family what when i was like eight nine i still watch as an adult (laughs) um and that stuff you know it's like I, that's exactly what I was going to say so we can like move on yeah <laughs> no, you can, you can, Damn. It's things we internalize and then you grow up thinking that it's okay and then as you get older like you start to like navigate the world thinking that you know something is wrong with you because of like your skin tone and the features that you have so yeah that's crazy I, I'm like still like wow the gross sisters that's that's insane but because you guys talked about media I just want to do some other things about 
media and colorism because I feel like it's a, the main factor of like in the culture where we see this played out how you guys mentioned like um, music videos and TV shows and I think what kind of stuck out to me was um, in terms of like younger people and who's like the young black people now I feel like it's all mixed girls or light skin girls and that's like Zendaya, Yari Shahidi, Amanda Stamberg and it's like the same kind of like the same concept in all these shows and we don't even have I'm sorry we don't have anyone who's like not mixed and then we don't have any dark-skinned people as like the main character which is a little insane because I feel like it's the same tired like blackish like the whole like Kenya Barris is obsessed with his mixed wife and he has five shows about her and it's just like can we do a different show like it's not and I'm sorry I don't get how like being mixed with like curly hair is like a personality trait like that's not that doesn't make you exotic I'm sorry like I don't care if if people take that offense but that does not make you like uh, like above everyone else because you have like curly hair or something um and also recently everyone's talking about lovecraft country and maybe i just didn't pay attention to the show as much but it didn't sit well with me like the main character is light and the casting is like so off because like her entire family is dark and i'm like why not just make the girl dark skin then but maybe parent people are saying that they have different dads but it's still a reach in my opinion but i, I that's just something i mentioned and i'm not sure if we talked about this on the um podcast but amari you mentioned the thing about hamilton which also stuck out to me oh yes guys um you can talk about that (laughs) yeah sorry um i yeah so i kind of sort of became obsessed with hamilton like everyone else um because the soundtrack is soundtrack is dope and so is the show but as i was watching i was like damn why are all the dark-skinned people kind of evil or like morally questionable so you have um also, but mind you, they're also the most talented in that in that whole group because Leslie Odom Jr. carried that shit, um, but he was the evil dude who kills Hamilton. Um, and then the oldest um, Skylar sister um, is the darkest sister, and she happens to be the one that's kind of, you know, interested in Hamilton while her sister is courting Hamilton. So, um, oh, and then you have uh, the actor, so I... I forgot his name that plays Hercules and his parts were just so tiny that like you're you're you kind of forget that he's a part of the main crew um so I just thought it was interesting that all either the darkest characters were kind of uh like splashed in there but not really or they were just like morally kind of corrupt people yeah no I definitely picked that up when I was watching this and I was like not trying to be the person that like is too woke for their own good but like it's obvious you know it's just like it's 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 kind of just blatant like in our face but I think it's important to to discuss um Janae did you want to say a couple things and then I'll finish whatever else you don't say um for my own personal experience of colorism I find I'm obviously very light um, I in my immediate family, besides my half sister, we are all very light, but I'm like the lightest out of all of the light people in my family, other than like my aunt. Um, so growing up, I was constantly called cake mix, and people were always, you know, making jokes about my lightness. Um, but other than that, I think I knew pretty early on because of my half sister, who is 
about Amari's complexion, close to Amari's complexion. Um, she always said something about it. Um, and to this day, I'm very, very grateful that she did because it made me, I think, realize, it, it made me think more about colorism in general. And it made me realize my privilege compared to her as a light-skinned girl. I think I remember there were a lot of specific instances with dating, but this one in general stood out because early on, my sister had told me that, because I, I felt ugly growing up. I went to school with all white people. Obviously, this is so-called Oreos and the, the opportunities that we had dating in high school were very different than other people because we are black women who grew up in white areas who, you know, white men wasn't checking for us and the black men we went to school weren't checking for us either for the most part. So I felt ugly and I constantly talked to my sister about that. And she would say to me, you know, you're light skinned and you have freckles. Boys would be all over you in my school. And this experience was highlighted when I went to community college and there was a boy that she had had a bit of a flirtation with um, so mind you, he was a bum for being in community college because my sister's five years older than me when I was in community. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, but nothing against people that go to college later in their life. You're right. You're right. Catch me on that. Catch, catch me on that. But anyway, but he was a bum. He was a bum. But anyway, basically we ended up finding out that he was talking about how attractive I was because I was light skinned and how he preferred to date girls like me because of my light skin. Um, and just being aware of themes like that as a lighter skinned person, I think has made me better. And it's made me once again, see how privileged I am and see, and really kind of acknowledge and analyze why I choose to date certain people I, I, don't, I don't even know this weird thing for me where I kind of feel a little bit of guilt when I date darker skinned men because there's constantly this thing where you see light skinned women and darker skinned men. Like I, that always pops up for me every time I'm with a dark skinned man. I'm like, dang, I'm doing it again. Um, so <laughs> no, seriously, I'm like, damn, I'm perpetuating this same ass stereotype that we see everywhere. But pause. I think we need to talk about that a little more because um, there's a couple of things that, that you said here. But um, is it per perpetuating like when you just like date because you're still dating a black person, right? Yeah. And it's not your fault that the guy is likes you. And I would hope they don't like you just because you're light because that is problematic. Which I have had men come up to me and say, yes. your light skin is so pretty. You're so pretty because you're light skin. I have had men say that to me so many times. I have had men say that to me too. It's very odd because I actually think the people that say it the most happen to be black men, unfortunately, that will comment and say, hey, light skin, your skin is so, like, just the first compliment. And that's disgusting. I, I'm obviously turned off by that. And because you're basically saying if I was dark, you wouldn't talk to me. Exactly. So, like, we have nothing to do here. I'm saying um, that my lighter skin, my proximity to whiteness makes me more attractive. It makes yeah. me a valuable option for you. And, to and it's disgusting. disgusting. It's disgusting. It's disgusting because it's also, like Amari said in the beginning, the only reason our skin is lighter because of history of like raping and like it's a very negative and disgusting past for black people. So you commenting on someone's 
skin of being light and as better is just very disgusting because it it comes back to like rape and stuff and i think it's ignorant when people are like oh why are you so light and it's like you know why like you're black you know why like people are light it's not a great history it's it's very ugly so i think it's weird to like comment on that in like such a ignorant way um but in terms of black men dating light-skinned women um i think also with colorism i see it a lot with men where i feel like they they are the ones kind of like fueling this fire in terms of like you said dating light-skinned women only dating light-skinned women uh purposely not dating dark-skinned women i feel like they always make comments like rachel said in the hip-hop songs and all this stuff like oh she's a red bone da 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 and i feel like that makes darker-skinned women kind of like have this negative connotation with light-skinned women which I'm just saying what I see. I mean, it seems like people are like that because these men like prefer this, that it kind of has you have a a negative connotation to it. And then I also feel like on the other hand, it's like, wait, I didn't say that shit. They said that dumb shit. I don't agree with that shit. I just want to make sure people don't think like this whole um, light skinned people think they're better than you. They, you know, are sensitive, whatever. And I can do with the sensitive and the jokes and stuff, but I don't want people thinking that just because I have lighter skin, I think I'm better than all these women. I think I'm just prettier than everyone. I think I'm just all the, all these things that come with it because I think it's very much largely men kind of pushing that narrative. And maybe I'm biased. This is just what I see. I feel like men do push that narrative and it's I, a negative connotation. I only disagree slightly, like 50%. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do think largely because you're, because women. <sighs> Like, I mean, I've seen it perpetuated on both sides. That's what, okay, so that's what that's what I want to say. So I want to say, like, yes, it does come from men, but at the same time, my internalized anger to <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest, I have a lot of internalized anger towards um light skinned people sometimes and just colorism because one, it's not only coming from dark skinned people commenting on you know, us being dark and what that means. It's not only seeing dark-skinned men prefer light-skinned women, it's also light-skinned women making comments on dark skin and, you know, also kind of sometimes, like, separating themselves. Like, the whole... Um, you can you see... I mean, granted, I think this movie is awful, but um, in school days, you have the light-skinned Black women who are all cornered together. They have this kind of, like, highbrow mentality, and you can say that's that's just perpetuating the stereotype, but, you know... Growing up, there were light skinned people who would like to comment on my my skin tone, and they were women. So it's kind I'm of. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, and I, that's why I said I'm biased because I obviously I'm not going to hang out with people who do that, or I'm not going to you know see those people like Janae obviously doesn't do that, or anyone else that I'm friends with doesn't do that. But when I see it, like I do see a lot of it as men kind of like we said in rap and stuff and preferring this outwardly where it's, it seems like it's just adding fuel to the fire where it's like, you're, you're putting these women against each other because of these comments. Because like we said, if white people only prefer white people in school, that's what we grow up as. And I still, I feel like it's very similar as dark skinned people only preferring light skinned people. And I feel like that makes us more negative to the people that didn't really say anything. I'm not saying it doesn't happen and, and it's super fucked up that it, that it does, but I also don't agree with the stereotype of like someone just being like, "Oh, you think you're better than everyone else," and it's like, wait, I, I literally didn't say anything that 
you're saying that because someone else said that about you, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. (laughs) I think it's definitely both. I think that there are some light-skinned women who have it in their head that they are pretty because they're light-skinned because that is what the world has told them. I definitely think that that is a thing, 100%. And I think that a lot of other times there are other people, darker skinned men, darker skinned people who are like, I prefer light skin. I, th- I think we're but it's all- also, Let's not also forget just like light skinned men too, who will yeah. only date light skinned people. Um, yeah, that's true. So it's like this whole, I mean- at the I end, up from it. Right. And exactly. Like you're all just at the end of the day, just like- fucked up and it's it's just like um but i think like my frustration and, and it you do feel bad too because i mean like my mom she'll swear she's dark sorry zan <laughs> love you um but she is she, in our family she is the lightest um and i i'm thankful that she is my mom because i never felt an insecurity around being dark like i always grew up feeling like my dark skin was beautiful and she made sure to tell me that she loved my skin and you know i thought it was interesting because she'd always go to the beach and she this is a black woman she'd bring tanning lotion because she wanted to get some more color in her and i think that was just like a great image um to just be like to have around me but you know but growing up in seeing um also she's just like a beautiful woman so that that, like having a beautiful light-skinned mom and being dark and not feeling like you're you're pretty is kind of really hard and I felt sometimes like I would take it out on her um but it's just like the frustration of like I feel beautiful like I I feel beautiful and my mom and like my mom's telling me my immediate family are telling me I'm beautiful but everyone everything else around me is telling me like I'm not beautiful and so it was never I never wanted to be lighter skinned or white I just wanted the fucking privilege (laughs) that came along with being light and I just couldn't I couldn't really and I still can't really like correlate that stuff and then you see that perpetuated in like your adulthood where it's like I will see myself like I mean like growing up when I started to like pay attention more to boys and like who they were attracted to I would notice that my lighter black skin friends seem to get more attention and then sometimes you know when a guy did show me attention it didn't make sense to me because I'm like you why would you like me or like you know especially if you was lighter I was like that certainly doesn't make fucking sense like why like where is this attraction coming from and so I think you I for at least for me I've had to like kind of like dig up these like feelings and like analyze certain things um and so I don't know where I started with this and where I was trying to go. But we yeah. were talking about how you felt some type of aminosity. Yeah. And whatever. Yeah. To your mother. Um, I can't talk today. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, 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 you internalize that stuff. And I think sometimes like you unfairly put that against certain people. And then I think sometimes like I'm unfairly harsh on myself too, because like I'll, um, I'll notice I don't date that many people. <laughs> um, but I've noticed that the guys that I have dated have been a little bit lighter. No, I shouldn't say a little bit, but they've been lighter than me. And I'm like, is this an internalized, like, is, am I like, have I I internalized a colorism sense? And is this like perpetuating itself in my dating life? Is this why I've only happened to date lighter 
people or is it because it's only lighter people who are, you know, approaching me? I don't. That's what I was saying. I don't know. I look at my own dating history and a lot of the time, the men that I am more attracted to, the men that I date are darker skin. So I'm sitting here looking at myself like, is this a part of colorism? Is is this some type of messaging within myself where I feel like as a lighter skinned woman, I need to date someone darker than me? Or is it just a coincidence? Mm-hmm. I think you I think you have to be like a little less harsh on yourself too though, because I think it's like at the end of the day, like the main stories that we are all black. So I think Yes. If I think if, if there's an issue, if, if you can really pinpoint like, hey, I'm doing this to compensate because I feel some type of way. So I'm going to date only dark skinned people. Or if like the other way around, if dark skinned men are just like, hey, I just like lighter skinned women. That's problematic. But I think if it comes down to like you just happen to like this guy and he happens to be light and he happens. I think it's so hard to find love in this world that I, I would hate that we were like kind of shitting on ourselves for like once we find it oh it's, this is problematic because x y and z yeah well it's not like i'm gonna like happen to date a light-skinned person and be like i'm gonna stop dating you because you're light-skinned and this is like me like you know like this is me perpetuating or whatever but i think it's more so like just analyzing it and being aware of like this might be a thing and also that like i do believe that like unconscious bias is just as harmful as conscious bias so i think there's just like a level of reflection that is required in it that I, I get that um but I think as long as you can you realize hey this isn't an issue or you're like hey I dated 15 people and all of them are like one color above mayo then that's a problem but you know if not <laughs> I, I think it's fine but I know we wanted to talk about um the own clip that has been surfacing on twitter with I think it's Black Love, right? That's yeah. a documentary or something. I think it's the season, uh, maybe? Yeah. You could tell we did research. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, it, it, in the trailer, it's very problematic because it's all these couples with very, very, very... I mean, they're light. Like, I was like, damn. They're lighter than me. Like, they're really light. And they're dating, like, all darker-skinned men, which is... It, it, it was just odd. It, it was a little uncomfortable. And then there's a clip going around with um, this woman who is light skinned and she has a dark skinned daughter and the daughter's bringing up how everyone in the family, you know, that the men are dark, the women are light and it's, you know, a problem. And the, the women, the mom is just very defensive and it, it's very upsetting to see her just not listen to her daughter. Um, and her daughter is so young that she sees colorism at such a young age and she's bringing it up to her mom and her mom is just not getting it. And it's just very upsetting. One, that own would just like not see that this is an issue. Like you're black. I'm sure black, it's a black production company or black people were on this project. And obviously people weren't going to take it well that it was just these very, very, very light women. And these, you know, on the other shade side, dark, dark men. But um, I think people just really want to see dark women get some love in media and dark women be chosen you know, especially by people that look like them. And I think it's just very odd that we're still having this conversation in, in 2020 where we're not seeing the dark-skinned women be the center of attention or the one that's getting the love. So, yeah, if you guys wanted to comment on that uh, clip. that Watching that clip really actually broke my heart because there's really a part, it, it starts off talking about body image and how the teenage girl is really like, am I attractive? Am, you know am I? And of course, her mom is basically like, you look like me. So of course you're attractive, which one, 
not really helpful. But then she continues by saying, well, I also wonder if it's because I'm dark skin, like all of my light skin friends are seem to be chosen first. And she even pointed to her mom and was like, you know, you're light skin, daddy's dark skin. So and her mom just keeps on kind of disagreeing with her. And that just hurt to watch because I can only imagine being that age. And, and personally, obviously, I am light skin, but I did grow up feeling unwanted by men. Um, and I can only imagine having that conversation with my mom and pointing to these very glaringly obvious things for me. And then my mom saying, well, no, no. And it's like, mommy, I still go to school with white boys who don't want to date me. I still feel ugly because of that. And I can only imagine that being a different situation where it's like my skin tone. They're like, yeah, I definitely had to, to wake up to that, too. I mean, in high school, no one wanted me because you're just black in, in a white town. So that's just nobody. But in terms of like college, I was getting a little more attention, attention. And then I did like realize like, oh, a lot of it, you know, it probably would be harder if I did have darker skin. And I do feel like with when white people like approach me, I do have to question like, is it that I want to try a black girl and you, you know, are one shade, you know, not dark. So you're not intimidating. So I could just like try you out and just say like, Oh, I tried a black girl or I dated a black girl. And you can just like kind of feel those things where it's like, I don't know if you, you like me because of me, I think I'm just like something on your bucket list or, um, you know, that type of thing. And it's, it's definitely internalizing or like in, in work, it's like, would you still treat me the same way if I had darker skin? I definitely had to like reckon with that. Um, after college because I've, I've started to see it a little more and be aware of it a little more and see how people treat darker skin people and how people are approaching me like now I'm very aware of like if someone's approaching me and they comment on my skin or like how they react to certain things or question like would this person really be dating me if I had darker skin and that's just that's just weird that you, you even have to do that like, I often question the intentions of even black men when they talk to me darker skin I mostly question black men to be honest because I, I sadly I do think they're the ones that are very open with the whole light skin thing um, and there was a guy I dated and he was very very dark and I always like loved his skin color I never told him that but I, I thought it was very beautiful that he very dark skin and then he actually like had this thing with my friend it wasn't shady it was just it was a long time ago and then she's mixed and very light so I just it made me just like question I'm like oh wait I I I know your dating history and it's very, very like mixed girl light. And then it just made me question if you even like approached me be, be, like because of the reasons he said or because he had like some type of type. Um, I, I think you want to say something. Yeah, I can't feel like there was multiple parts, but now I can't remember the one that came before. Sorry. No, you're fine. But um, Kia, Kia had said something about um, her commenting on how like you said you didn't tell him at the moment, but like you really liked his skin. And Janae had asked me something about the other day about how I felt when people commented on my skin color. If like oh. in like a beautiful, what like no one's ever directly been like, oh, you're ugly, you're dark. But people have been like, you're dark. Um, I'm like, thank you. I I, I know. I'm aware. Um, Sorry, I'm blind. Right, I didn't. I didn't know I was a darker shade. Wait, really? <laughs> <laughs> but I've never gotten comments, mostly around like outside of like my family, about like my skin color being like pretty until I got older, and then so it became this weird thing of like, tr- like, like I don't know, 
like becoming comfortable with people like now commenting on my skin tone in like a positive light and then also noticing to the way I react when it comes from like how maybe this is wrong but like it's almost preferred when darker people are commenting on my skin like that feels more I don't know like there's a more of a warmth to it and more of like a on the same plane kind of of appreciation um and then sometimes because it's also like okay well going again i think we're all over analyzers so we'll look at it but like there i think like fetishization or like um preference can go both ways it can be like janae was talking earlier like lighter people can prefer darker people and darker people can prefer lighter people so sometimes then it's also like when a lighter person comments on my skin color it's kind of just like it's, I don't know. I think I think. Oh, that's interesting. I never thought about it like that, but that's interesting. I don't change you for that though, because to me, I would equate that to. Although this is not the same, I say this is not the same, but I would equate this to when a white person compliments something that I'm wearing that's distinctly black, and they say, "Oh, that looks nice," and there's a small part of me that's like. Whereas if it was a black woman who said it, I would be like, "Thank you," which once again, they're not completely the same, but I can. Based off of that example in my own head, I can see why you would be like, you know, someone who's darker skin complimenting me. We are a part of the same community of people who understand things, who understand what it is like to have darker skin in this world, as opposed to a lighter skin person saying that to you. I don't necessarily understand your experiences because I have privilege that you don't have. Right. And I think it also becomes like, you don't want to feel like validate, like because someone who's lighter said that your skin is beautiful now that it is beautiful. And I think knowing the history of a lot of dark skinned girls struggling to feel like their skin is beautiful to have another dark skinned girl be like, I love your skin, but that makes it's like a confirmation that she also loves her skin. So it's like, a. But I would also hope that, you know, maybe, maybe we do need to see people complimenting more openly, like across the black community of just saying like, dark skin is beautiful um i would hope that i would add some type of like just positively in general to like the whole colorism thing because i feel like we don't even see that enough um and and i I would hope it was like genuine and with good intentions and saying like i like your skin to a dark skin person is definitely a different reaction than i like your skin to a light skin person because i can't see in any way saying i like your skin to a light skin person how that's a compliment maybe i'm wrong but i just feel like there's so much history with that um but when you say it to a, a darker skin person i would hope that people have genuine intentions of like really thinking like the skin is beautiful and not in some type of like fetishizing mm-hmm. way because i would just be putting us backwards yeah and but also to go back onto the fetishization thing too and i know keely earlier you were talking about like when dating like especially like if it's not a black person um like there's also that questioning too of like why this I think there's in all dating as a black woman there's always going to be a level of questioning no matter who you're dating whether they're black or white um Asian Hispanic um but I think there's also like to me too I think I've I've, again I don't date that much I went on some awful dates with a couple of white men in the fall and I had one really traumatizing experience um and it was like the whole time feeling like you know, where you're like, so because lighter people are oftentimes seen, they're seen as being more palatable. I was, the questioning for me came like, oh, is this, is this man just trying to go all the way and just dump in, like, just jump into the pool full swing? And like, I, am I that um, experiment for that person? Um, 
So I think it, yeah, there's always just like a fine line of stuff. And I think half of this time goes as like, Amari, you should, you just like tie yourself out by like going back and forth and thinking so deeply on every, like every interaction. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I think there's a balance though. And I think it's important. We, unfortunately, we just have a history with colorism in our community that we, we do have to address and have to get past it. Um, but and do you I, guys want to, oh, sorry. I, I do want to really quickly validate that Amari, I think you're a smart human being and you constantly talk, like questioning that shows that you're thinking about it, which is a good thing. Thank you. Yeah, I think we can all think about it um, a little more if we just doing what we can to uplift like everyone in our community. Um, do we want to go into some social responses? Because we did ask our people. Yes, we'll um, bring them in. Do you want to do Twitter first and then Instagram or what do you want to do? Yeah, I'll do, I asked this on our so-called Oreos Twitter, and then I asked it on my personal Instagram, so I'll do the Twitter first. Um, I asked, uh, we want to hear your thoughts on colorism in the community when you have seen it and your experiences with it. So someone said, I learned there's a term cry colorism that some light-skinned women use to silence dark-skinned women, which is sad for me. But I'm also over people being afraid to be considered dark. There's all these people that like light skin Keisha who ain't even light skin. I don't know who light skin Keisha is, but <laughs> I'm about to look her up. Yeah, the fact that you have to have light skin in front of your name is just relaxing me. Um, let's see. She said I asked her to like give a comp uh, more context to cry colorism because I never heard of that term before. And she said a light skin YouTuber referred to a dark skin woman as that. Like, we cry colorism and put ourselves in a position to be the least um, good old gaslighting. Uh, next response was, I've always experienced it from guys telling me they secretly liked me but couldn't date me, etc. But I've really taken a look at my family. Most of the married women are light. Most of the men in my family are with women either light or fairer than themselves. And the last comment was, thank you for addressing this topic. I have an interesting perspective. I was raised seeing darker complexion celebrated. To be dark brown was an honor. As dark women looked as dark women looked less tainted and more pure. I'm having to unlearn my own faulty colorism ideals. All black equals beauty. And I thought that was pretty interesting because we we don't really see that um, comment as much, but to think that people are tainted um is is awful because it's not up to them and like we said it's because of rape it's not because they just were like hey we're gonna infiltrate the race and just make us all light it, it was because they were raped and that is that is toxic and and very disgusting my dumbass is like no key is true <laughs> right. That it's tainted. Tainted is just I such thought, a strong. I, t- the word. Word. It's a strong word. It's a strong word. But just looking at my skin tone, I'm aware that this came from mixing that probably wasn't always of my ancestors choosing. It probably most of it wasn't. Yeah. Almost, if not all. I, I, I don't know all the history. But. Right. I think, and I think it's hard too because, like, even. Um, so like my, I, if you guys don't know, my family's Jamaican. I feel like I say that Jamaican's always like we Jamaican. Um, but there, I, again, Jamaicans are like, you know, it's a very, um, you know, they call it like out of, out of many one people. So from that, it's like, there's like a lot of mixed, like mixed people in the country and stuff. Um, and there's like a lot of 
mixing, I guess, in my family. But I don't know, again, like because around a certain era, you're always curious about how like certain relationships come about. And you're like, was that real? like, was that really consensual? Like, how did that go? But I do know, like we have like, you know, we have some Chinese in our family, we have some Lebanese in our family. Um, so it, it, I think obvious, I think no matter where in slavery, the raping comes in. Um, I just like, don't, again, don't know like the history of some, some of it too. Yeah. I just think, um, I also think there's a problem with people thinking that light skinned people are less black because that's not up to them. Again, like you said, and I don't think just because you're lighter, it means you're not black. Uh, And that, that goes to the Oreo experience too, because I think, People are like, oh, you're not really black because you're light. And it's like, I have nothing to do with this. I'm 70. No, I'm thinking like 85% black, according to Ancestry.com. Yeah, you're blacker than me. Yeah, because, I mean, just history. I, like I said, like whatever the white race is, it's because of rape. Um, so I don't think we were just like, let's get a light family. Also, I just want to say I am the lightest person in my family, like by far, so... I think it's interesting to hear how people are like, I'm the only dark skinned person, but I always grew up like the opposite where I was like definitely the one that stuck out. And like when we went on vacation to the Bahamas, like I remember going on the banana boat and this guy like was questioning, like he was like, are you actually part of their family? Like, are, are, are you just here? Or like he was questioning me and it was very upsetting. Cause I'm like, I am black. I'm here with my family. I paid for this vacation and I just think it's disrespectful that you're going to question if this is my family because I'm light. Um, and I think people need to realize that too, because it's not, I, I just don't think it's funny anymore um, to just like question how black tone is because how light they are either. So I just wanted to say that because it does not sit well with me, especially because the history of being light skin. Um, and I asked on Instagram, do you know what colorism means? And only 71% people said yes, which I thought was a big percentage. Um, but I think a lot of white people follow me, I guess. So. I was about to say, how I many white people follow you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I grew up in a white school, so I'm assuming that no, I would no, have no. to say most of the people probably are white. Okay. But I was just like, damn. And before it was only 60%. I was like, wow, people really don't know. Yeah. So I, I combined the results from my personal Instagram and the um, the the Oreos Instagram and together out of 70 participants, 66, 66 knew what colors it meant and only four did not. Um, and I think the, okay. I think the four were white. Um, I would hope they're white though. But I was, I mean, some of them, one, I, I, I don't want to get into like, I think they might've been Hispanic. I'm not sure. But um yeah, um, but there were. I was actually surprised by the amount of people from my personal Instagram page who were white that said they knew what colorism was, and I was like, okay, education. Um, and then, so for our questions, we asked, when did you start to make sense of colorism and its impact within the community? And so, a lot of people said around the age of eight seemed to be like a weird sweet spot for people, like elementary school, middle school. Um, we had a few outliers who said they didn't realize until like their late teens, early twenties, so around college. Um, 
one person said um, they knew since grade school, they knew that what colorism was before they even knew what racism was. Um, the Latino looking kids, the looser locks, fair complexions got more praise in school and in church. Um, and another person said, I noticed that people were more rude in the summer because I got four to five shades darker. I internalized it and felt more pretty in the winter. Uh, now that I'm older, I see that colorism exists in many POC communities, including Asian and Latinx. Now that I'm in a relationship with in a serious relationship with an Asian man, my family hopes the kid can pass. Um, and that just just reading that just made me really um sad not just for you know for her as a kid but to you know even think future wise and what people might think about your child what they might hope for for that child um even though for me children is like far 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 off um, is she saying they hope the family hopes they pass i think they're saying yeah back? no because oh okay sorry i thought they were saying like oh we hope he passes um sorry Okay. No, I think they're just saying uh, because, like, she's in a relationship with an Asian man that the kid will, you know, be, might be more racially ambi- um, ambiguous. Um, and then another person said, I understood it when I noticed in media that there weren't that many brown such dark skinned women um, as there were light and mixed women, which is something that we brought up earlier. Um, so, yeah, uh, I was glad for the engagement on Instagram but kind of sad for how, you know, um, just like how particularly for the dark people, how a lot of the stuff was internalized and how early on in their childhood, they noticed these uh, things. And I think what's interesting too, for me, at least personally, is I didn't have a term for colorism. Like I didn't have the, I didn't know what it was. Um, but I, I, I could see it. And so I feel like that's also frustrating, too. It's like, I can see what's happening, but I don't know the the proper term to label it. Yeah, I, I think personally, I had the same thing where I realized that when I was in white areas, I was treated one way. I was, I was treated like, you know, the ugly duckling. But when I was in black areas, I was treated as if I was some prize. And it was constantly like, you're freckles, you're light skin, you're freckles, you're light skin. So for me, it was very weird to go between the two communities and be treated as if I was ugly in one and beautiful as if in in the other. And it was just very weird. And I didn't realize it was colorism until I got a little older too. And the good point is that white people just see you as trash, no matter if you light or dark. No, that's a lie. That's a lie. Because I remember- I I mean, I feel like they still think Negro. It depends on the white person. I distinctly remember when I was like, 16 or something I always like to go on like to antique festivals my mom and I were at antique fest and I was trying to buy this ring from this man and he was trying to he was asking kept on asking my mom what she was what she was and um she's like I'm black I'm Jamaican he's like no but you look you look um Hispanic you look Latino this is a this was a white Italian man I think and then he turns to me and with a surprising level of disgust. He was like, well, she's like, he's like, he just kept on talking to my mom. He's like, you're so beautiful. Like you, you're, you're, there's something about you. And like, well, you're sure you're, you're black. And he just turns to me, he said, you're just black, but what are you? Wow. And so white people, and also you can't say white people just see black because we also see statistic wise, how dark skinned people are, seen versus light-skinned people in the eyes in the eyes of I think white I people that, but i'm saying they still think you're you're black still black but there's even still a hierarchy in the blackness there is a hierarchy in the black but i think i'm, I'm trying to get as with black people trying to 
um, try to be so like accepting of the white race, white people still see you as black and, and you're still black. Like you're, there's no point of like being like, we got to do this for the white people because in the eyes of white people, light skinned people, you are not any better than white people. You're never going to be better than white. I think, I think, I think that's the key distinction is that you're not going to be better than white people. So white people are always going to be better, but still out of black people, you will be the better black person. That's true. But why do we give a fuck about what white people think? It's my because they're, they're in charge of the job market. <laughs> they're in charge. Yeah, I don't think we should like do things just for white. We shouldn't, we shouldn't do things for white people. I'm saying like statistic wise, if you're going to look at, you know, like who's going to get the job, and who's hiring white people are more likely to to pick a light skin person, right. yeah, for sure. So I think that's important to acknowledge. Right, but I, I did acknowledge that at the beginning. Huh? I said I think we did acknowledge that at the beginning. I wasn't trying to dis not like not say it was a thing. I'm just saying like I don't think the whole like we should do this for white approval is is dumb because whether you're a mixed white or whatever, you're you're never going to get there. You're just never going to get to that level of privilege. You're still going to be gross and also universally like black people are like the like everyone has to pick one group to universally shit on and it is always going to be black people so whether you're asian culture indian culture dominican culture universally everyone knows that just to be level up people go around saying at least i'm not black and i just think like black people can't do this whole like oh well i'm i'm this so i'm better than you but like ultimately you're just never going to get there you're still just a black person and you're never going to have white privilege and like yes there there are some other things which is problematic in this episode but um i I just don't think like black people should even consider like white approval to be like a status 100 percent, i agree with you and i i think that's important and i also think that it's important that we acknowledge that which we have like you said we have that light-skinned people do have just more privilege in general. Their light-skinned people in this world are closer to white, so therefore just get more. I mean, there were so many times, just so quickly before we wrap up or move on to our other segments, there were so many times where white people told me, like, you're the good black. You're a pretty skin tone. If I was black, I would want to be your skin tone. Like, white people acknowledge that all the time. They, They acknowledge that I mean, we know we're still never going to touch whiteness. We know that. But they still acknowledge that being lighter skinned, you're more attractive to them than a darker skinned person. To them. And and yeah, so fuck them because that's just your standard of whatever is just irrelevant to us. And it should be irrelevant to like our culture, to be honest. Like the whole like we shouldn't riot because white people, I don't care what white people think of us. We never should have cared. Like, yes, we need some white things, but, like, internally, I don't think our community needs to keep doing this whole, like, white people will think about that, about you if you do this, that, and the third. And it's like, how about we focus on what black people think? How about we fix the black community and how black people see each other? Like, that's that should be our main focus. Like, we should not live our lives to just have this white approval, no matter, like, where, where we are in life. I just really don't love that whole narrative of like even considering what white people think i i mean i i'm not this doesn't make it right but i say like an ideal world yes but it's really hard to do that when a lot of the power in the world is held by white people and to some extent you're going to need that approval 
if you want to if you want a job which you need that's to live <laughs> that's fair you're you're 100 percent right it is like i guess we do have to do that right it's just like you're stuck in this awful system because the system was created by white people that hold the power so then you're always going to be like held against that so i mean that's true i guess like i should say there are some unfortunate situations that we we have but i think if we can fix kind of like the standard of beauty in our our community um i think that should be something that white people don't have approval of because you know we should be thinking of like internally with that and unfortunately with jobs you're right we you know white people do have most of the jobs and stuff but hopefully that just means our community can elevate black people into positions of power and, and we can no longer have to only do stuff for white people black people could be making those decisions too yeah um should we move on to Rachel's segment yes we need some healing heal us Um, so my therapist recommended an audiobook for me to listen to titled Men, Women, and Worthiness by Brene Brown. Um, this audiobook tackled what we feel when we are ashamed and how we can deal with shame in a healthy way. Brene Brown defines shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging, something we've experienced done or failed to do that makes us unworthy of connection. We felt shame at some point in our lives. I believe it is important for us to stop believing the lies that we tell ourselves because it causes us to remain stagnant and tampered with our self-esteem. Shame can make us feel trapped and powerless. Brene also points out that shame triggers very between individuals and cultures. For example, appearance and body image, sexuality, family, motherhood, parenting, professional identity and work, mental and physical health, aging, religion, speaking out, and surviving trauma. So here are a few tips to help with overcoming shame using the shame resilience theory. One, recognizing the personal vulnerability that led to the feelings of shame. Two, recognizing the external factors that lead to, that's, sorry, that led to the feelings of shame. Three, connecting with others to receive and offer empathy. And four, discussing and deconstructing, deconstructing the feelings of shame themselves. To close, the shame resilience theory is being able to recognize that shame needs to be acknowledged and understood before it can be overcome. That is all for Time to Talk Mental Health. For my segment, um, Judy writes, Hey guys, I love the show and I love you guys. I'm writing in this week because I saw your episode was about colorism and had a question about it. My brother always says he doesn't want to date someone who is darker than him. We are fairly chocolatey in skin tone. How do I tell him he's being dumb? You know, I feel like y'all are going to have to get into an argument about this. To just be completely honest, and I think that you have to ask him 
a very difficult question. First off, just asking questions like, why? Why don't you want to date someone darker than you? And I think you need to figure out a way to get to the root of him possibly not liking his own skin tone. Um, I don't necessarily believe that you can boil it down to preference um, and just say, you know, I prefer someone whiter than me. Um, I think that color is too nuanced in our society to just say that it's preference. So I think that you need to ask your brother questions to get him to think, to dig deeper into why he doesn't like um, dating darker than him. Yeah, I think that's a good point to just ask, like, flat up. like, so you're not coming off as like defensive. Yeah, like right off the bat, you could just be like, "Why is it that you prefer darker skin women? I mean, lighter skin women?" And he might just be like, "Oh shit, I didn't even know like, you know, why this is problematic." Like, you might just be helping him get to like that point of realizing that that's just such an ignorant statement. Um, and if he doesn't get there, you should be like, "That's super problematic." Um, and then play him this episode <laughs> or, or you can say whatever you want, but you know, just, you know, help us out with the plays, but you can just be like, yeah, that's problematic because X, Y, and Z, and you could give into your own and own words and hopefully he'll be more receptive since you're a sibling. Um, but I do think it's important to address it because I think, like we said on the show, we're responsible for the people we keep in our, our camp. And I think that we have people saying, you know, statements like that it is our duty to at least address them and hopefully get them to realize that that's problematic. Yeah. And I think maybe even sharing your own experiences, um, when you've been dating, if you've had them, um, sharing personal experiences that you've had, he maybe even make him see that, wow, this is an issue that has affected my sister, someone that I love and care about. Wow. Maybe I should look at my own actions and how me, rejecting darker skinned women or refusing to date darker skinned women, maybe that has hurt someone like my sister. Um, so I think that could be a good way to, to bring it home as well. And that's going to be like the reason why you're dating someone. Like, what about their values? You know, like, do you guys share, have common interests? So it's, if, if you're just looking at, if you're just looking at someone to date just because of their skin tone, then that's a problem right there and it's, it has to be deeper than that because if you if you want to be in a relationship with someone, you want it to last. So you have to look at their values as well, who they are as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the fact that, you know, outward appearance is one of the top things. I'm not going to lie and say like physical attraction is not a big factor in who you date. It is, but I feel like the um, intense level in which we you know, give physical appearance and relationships is kind of, well, it's not kind of, it's problematic, but also like, um, I just, just feel sad for your brother. Sorry if that sounds like harsh, but um, I, I honestly just, that just makes me feel sad. And I think it may be approaching it from the level of like, how does he even view himself? Like how does he feel in the way, you know, he's been received and, you know, maybe approaching it from like his own internal healing process. Um, Cause I think that's clearly, I would, I'm curious how your brother feels about himself, whether he feels he's attractive, whether he feels he's like wanted and valuable. Um, Honestly, I feel like the answer is no, because I think if you're making statements like that, 
there must be some type of internal thing as to why you're reflecting that. Right. And so I think it's um, just like him maybe acknowledging it or like trying to dissect that himself. Um, And yeah, again, you have to, you just like have to have these conversations now. I don't, I'm not going to assume like everyone wants a kid um, because I know there are people who don't. And I don't know whether your brother is one of those people, but I feel like all of us need to do some serious, serious healing before we have children um, and just put all of these issues on them. Um, One thing that like I think about as a dark skinned woman is um, (laughs) if I do end up with someone who is lighter than me and I have a kid that's lighter than me, how, how, am I going to, you know, make sure I deal with my own internal, um, things, you know, that I felt towards light people sometimes. And how am I going to fix that before I have a kid who's potentially lighter than me and make sure I don't take any of that anger or resentment out on that child. Um, so I think that's just something that we all need to like, again, it's a long process and who knows if we're going to be ready. <laughs> um, it's going to be done by the time we have kids, but I think if you're going to procreate time to start doing some massive healing from now. <laughs> I think our generation is definitely doing a better job at the boomers now. Though. I feel like our generation is is like, okay, it's time to address these problems now instead of past generations that just didn't talk about things, that were just afraid of disrespecting people and they just stayed quiet. And I think we're our generation is a lot more awake about those things. But anyway. Get some therapy, peeps. I'm in get it. Some same here. Also, I just want to say I checked our Instagram and 408 people liked the reel with Amari in her hair. That's a that's a big, that's a big like. Yeah, we got some views, guys. We're doing yeah. fun things on the Instawebs. Come join check us. us. Yeah, check us out. You don't want to miss Amari's reels. It's 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 actually a hit, guys. It's a hit. We're kind of a big deal. We're kind of a big deal. We're doing things. Um, yeah. So thanks for tuning in with us this week for this episode. Follow us, as we said, on all social media. I think social. Sorry, guys. My lisp came out a bit. Um, social media at so-called Oreos. And you can email us at so-called Oreos at gmail.com. Also, please help us out and fill out our new survey, which isn't actually new. It's kind of old. Um, but we just want to see what you guys think and how we can better shape the show for you. So make sure to listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. And please, please remember to like, rate, subscribe, and leave a review. Until next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys.